This episode of the Shick and Nick podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Beanery. You know, they have a new drink named after a drop of the Shick and Nick show. You'll have to listen to this podcast as we tell you about the name of that drop, but it is awesome. It's a new drink with uh, white chocolate, hazelnut, and brown sugar cinnamon. Not going to tell you about it here. That's called a podcast tease, but they still have locations in Gretna, Papillion, and Ashland. They've got everything you need when it comes to your drinks and your coffees and your smoothies. It's the Beanery serving people coffee. Let's go down to Rick. Scott, a quick seven and then nothing else offensively. What happened? It's bad. Well, I think you're, you're spot on on everything that you said in your analysis. to have the Bob Black drop back in the rotation. I thought that was a good touch. That was good. I mean, it just, it's bad. Perfect. There's, there's, I'm fed up. This is big red football. There's, it's bad. This is big red football. I, it's, you, you pick, take your pick, you know, both are appropriate. What goes on the t-shirt? What goes know. on the t-shirt? What is do do? it, I'm fed up. This is big red football. Is it, it's bad <laughs> from it's bad <laughs> from Scott Come Frost. Um, Come on, let's see. Let's go. Let's go back to it here. It's bad. We have no it's, rhythm. It's bad. We have no rhythm. How'd you do on the dance floor? It's bad. We have no rhythm. <laughs> All right. Man. How'd you How'd you think your team handled the Macarena? It's bad. We have no rhythm. We don't. Okay. <laughs> Oh, let's go down to the dance floor where Matt Chick has led a conga line. Uh, Matt, how does it feel down there? It's bad. We have no rhythm. All right. Very good. (laughs) You and your conga lines. It's either that or it's, you know, the Matt Coatney. You know, or the. I don't know about that. A little Brock Heward action. There's a lot there. We got a lot up. We got You know, it's bad. We have now. Three options from this season, four total from the last I don't I, I want to say I'm fed up was from two years ago. But nevertheless, we have four options. Coatney's grunt, Brock Heward's grunt, I'm fed up and it's bad. <laughs> I like it. All right. Let, let's how about Coatney? Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was actually from last year. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, like he, there's a there's a hint this Co- of this is Coatney running to the restroom after a burrito. Uh. <laughs> Sorry, Matt Coatney. Coatney, you're the best. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Indigestion from Indigestion. Mr. Coatney. Loosen this belt. (laughs) Let's go to Brock Heward, who just finished his fifth fajita. Fifth, Brock. What are you thinking? I don't know about that. (laughs) Um, Greg. I mean, another offensive first half lackluster thing. I'm fed up. This is big red football. Great, Greg. I mean, if people only knew 
It's like the context of things that you just don't, you know they're from something, but you're not. The context of that was he was upset about a TV timeout. Remember that? It was oh, because yeah. of a TV timeout. That was Rutgers, right? It was yes. on the road at Rutgers. That's, that's, exactly, that's exactly the game. He was upset about a TV timeout, felt like they were doing it intentionally to disrupt the go. momentum change. They're calling a TV timeout here after a turnover. Are you kidding me? You do not call timeouts after a change, of, a quick change like this. It happens to Nebraska all the time. This is wrong, people. Wrong. 7.35 left in the game. Yep. We're taking one as well. I'm fed up. This is big red football. <laughs> nothing, nothing describes that, the state of Husker football better. We're like, that's it. a little thing like that sets you off because you're just, you're on edge. Like tell, you believe. tell the 1995 Nebraska football fan base that in 2022, or in that case, 2020, you're going to be upset about a TV timeout <laughs> taken against Rutgers. <laughs> Legitimately upset. I mean, Greg is heated. All right, I got this other thing. This was sent. This was a. Uh, I was alerted to this uh, by uh, Chris Gorman with her dad. I. We don't have time to listen to all the broadcasts, so a lot of it is. Hey, did you hear something? Did you, did you hear something that you think is good for the show? Send it in. Send it in, Jerome. Thank you. Okay. Here we go. This was. Uh, Chris said, "Hey, look for this." So we look for it, and it's pretty good. Okay. This is a great exchange between Greg Sharp and Matt Davison. Again, remember the context of the Northwestern game. This is against North Dakota, and this is <laughs> after they go up 24-17. to 17. They're about to kick off. And with a 15-yard penalty, Nebraska will be kicking from the 50-yard line. Onside? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Just checking. Uh, no. Hey, you think we'll ever onside again? Uh, no. Uh, I love it. But now the great thing about that context is Sharp would go on to say, well, you're kicking off the 50. You could squib it. And then they absolutely squibbed it. And then Davison justified the kick. And as I watched it and Kelly's watching it, she's going, are you kidding me? I go, actually, this one I get. I doubt he tried to aim it into his chest. But this one I get. Open open up a squib kick, kick it all (laughs) over his chest. I open up some salsa, explodes all over my chest. <laughs> a squib kick exploded all over his Brendan Frankie has been way too big of a celebrity for the season. Just Nebraska's, all he does is kick off. And he's a household name right now. Let me tell you, how tough is it going to be for Nebraska to ever recruit just a, a specialist whose only job is to kick off? Like, hey. You get a scholarship, you come on, or walk on, whatever, but you come on, you get food, you get dorm, you get everything you want, and no one's going to talk about it. Just kick touchbacks. Dude, dude all you're going yeah. to do is you're just going to kick a touchback. That's it. That is it. All right? He's been the focal point of both games. Yeah. I mean, good golly. Luckily, Frost even addressed it after the game. He was like, yeah. we got smart fans. That was not an onside kick. It was planned on a penalty. Like you said, I get it. I understand that one, like the reasoning behind it, but my word, Brendan Frankie. I think <sighs> Nebraska should just run with this and every week do an outside kick. Yep. Embrace it's it. It's like, you know, in Oregon, we went for two every time. In Nebraska, outside kick every time. Or just, you know what? You're in the front line of the kickoff return team and you're playing Nebraska, you might get one in your chest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That sounds like a street war. You might get one in the chest. Bullet? No. Outside kick. <laughs> Who's this Brendan Frankie Onside. guy? Sounds dangerous? No. Just a kickoff guy for Nebraska. Onside? <laughs> the, the inquisitive nature. Onside? Like, <laughs> looking at Matt like, hey, you didn't say anything the last time. Last week, I tossed you about onside. Now I'm giving you another chance to talk onside. And then it goes, he lays out five seconds. Yes. Sharp this time is like, I am getting an answer from you on onside. Onside? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, you could almost insert onside, I cannot hear air, the catcher, and then, uh, no. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think it'll time up perfect. You won't even have to work. I think it'll just, it is All meant right. to be. Let's see. Okay, uh, here we go. Oh, wow. Okay, it already looks good. I'm All telling right, you. And with a 15-yard penalty, Nebraska will be kicking from the 50-yard line. Onside? I cannot hear air. Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> just checking. Uh, no. Perfect. What a combination. So stupid. What a combination. Got this sent to us. Triple B printing, Josh. Does a great job with the T-shirts. Yep. Go to uh, Triple B Printing. Click on the Chicken Nick tab. You can get your T-shirts. Okay? He sent this to me. He sent me a text and said, hey, you might want to check this out. And I said, well, what is it? Or where is it? He's like, ah, it's just around this time. I clicked on the broadcast today. Found it within five minutes. Couldn't believe it. I just want you to listen to this. It's fun. It's a good, like, okay. Tuesday, okay. I'm, it's I'm a Tuesday kind of, you know, just sit back and listen. So good to have everybody back in town. Back on campus, everybody getting a look at the new football complex. We can see a sliver of it over to the northeast side. It's taking shape. A lot of the roof is on, so I know the goal is to get it kind of enclosed by wintertime so they can do a lot of a plumbing and electrical work in the winter. Big old crane. Big old Sticking crane. Up. That's a big monster. Big old crane. Big old Sticking crane. Up. That's a big monster. <laughs> so stupid. Josh, stop alerting me to stupidity like that. Come we on. are above we, that. Stop it. We have stop if there's one we don't have any time to waste on this pod. We have every every second is valuable <laughs> with intelligent things. We don't have time. We don't have time for that kind of stuff. I don't know what kind of podcast you think this is. That's a big monster. Okay, thank you. Okay. Much, All right, Greg. Greg. Okay, Greg. Big old. I love that, that that's Matt's interjection. Big old <laughs> yeah. crane. He gives us nothing. Yeah. Big old crane. Big old Sticking crane. Up. That's a big monster. <laughs> that's what they do. I know. That's what, they do. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> thank you, guys. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, so, well. Brendan Frankie, that'll do it. Here we are. Tyler right, McKinney, good show. your thoughts on uh, Brendan Frankie and what he's been able to good do. Show. You know? oh, he's been great. He has been outstanding. All right. <laughs> ah! so, you know, I mean, I you think even, most... are you even able to watch? You do your college game day radio. You are immersed in such games as important ones. <laughs> Were you, it did is you, true. Did you get a chance to watch North Dakota? I watched the I watched the second half. Oh. I was out. I, I was doing taxi cab service after college game day on ESPN Radio. That was till uh, that show ended at two central. So uh, I had 
I had told Kelly the game was at four Eastern. I was wrong by a half hour. So I'm out running errands, you know, doing haircuts with the kids. You and know. she sends me a text and goes, the game started at three thirty Eastern. And she, then she texts big 10 expert. My belief. Yeah. I, tell you. <laughs> I was like, okay, come on, Bye. man. Bye, you don't Kelly. even know what time the game starts. You know what I said to her? I think you're, you're spot on everything <laughs> you said in your analysis. <laughs> I said, thank you, honey. Thank you for all of your, so you, so you have a very misleading sense of the game because that well, that was one of the things was like, boy, that's one of those games you didn't watch, but you just pull up the score app or something, just check scores. Like, oh, Nebraska took care of business. At yeah. the haircut place, second quarter, I started – actually, end of the first, I started streaming it. So I did watch probably three-fourths of the game. Okay. So I did get an indication that – Things weren't very good, and I was watching, okay. going, "Ooh, this is not good." And then, and then things turned out to be good, you oh. know, or at least I was—I don't know how you were, and maybe it's different when you when you watch the first quarter and everything. I—I'm telling you, I thought they're going to lose at halftime. I really did. Oh, did you really? I really, I, yeah, I really. Did. Like, oh, this is how it's going to end, right? This it is just how it's felt like end. it. Like it started creeping into your head. You're like, "This is this is this seriously where the Scott Frost era officially dies." Against North Dakota at home, it seemed that way. They had done nothing offensively. North Dakota had had two really long possessions. They had dominated time of possession. You just you, it it seemed like nothing was really rolling, and then somehow it ends up thirty eight seventeen. I actually thought going in, and I was going to tweet this joke out at around the third quarter if Nebraska was like trailing or it was tied in the fourth, like. The joke was, and I have it in my drafts, and I might save it for later, which was I've heard that it can take up to four months for the body clock to get readjusted from a trip overseas. <laughs> and I showed it to Kelly. I go, I always ask her, I was like, is this good? Is this good? She's my filter. Yes. And she's like, she's so mad at the game. But then right. she goes, yeah, that's actually pretty good. She starts laughing. Okay. If things go south here, I'm going to send this out. Be on the lookout. And they scored a couple of touchdowns. Yep. And then after the game, Frost talks about how, yeah, it was good to just kind of be back. You know, it's no excuse, just facts. You guys know how it is traveling overseas. And I thought, you know what? Out of all the excuses, I'm, yeah, you know, I'm kind of buying it. You know, I'm buying it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm benefiting the doubt to Frost. Body clocks took a while. Now Georgia Southern, there's the barometer. There's, there's how we the do barometer. it. That's the one. Georgie, I, I'm telling you, excuses, reasons, just things, whatever. You have the body clock thing. I think that's a, that trip overseas is it's a real adjustment. There also was a nasty stomach flu working its way through the team. A, it, oh, wow. it ripped through the team, including Luke Reimer, had it oh. really bad. Okay. There also was Vokalek out with an ankle. He's your captain. He was an important piece offensively. He's not practicing. He's not playing. Nick Henrich, other starting linebacker, captain. I don't know if you've heard of him. Have you? Have you? No. Ho- do you know who he is? Hold on. No. Just, you sure? What? What is? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah, I've got. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Nick, did you break your hand? Yeah. Are you going to be out for a few weeks? Yeah. Are you disappointed <laughs> in the news? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Look at you. No. Okay, but so so you have two captains, two starters out. There is kind of a recipe to maybe not play great, but I don't know. At the same time, I, I say those things, and even I rewatch the game on Sunday morning, and I'm like, oh, you know, maybe look, look at Anthony Grant, look at this, look at that. And then you have to remind yourself, 
This is North Dakota. This Missouri is, Valley. Yeah. I mean, this is a team that is picked to finish seventh in the Missouri Valley Conference. And so it'd be one thing if this was against Northwestern, this was against Illinois, this, you know, like this was against North Dakota. Let me tell you, it's not, it's not the first time that a team from Nebraska struggled against a team from the Missouri Valley Conference. Ah, look at you, I'm a Barry Collier. How dare you? Not? Um, you do have to remind yourself of that. Like, if it were any other team, and then you look across the river, and you look over at Iowa City, and you go, field goal, safety, safety, 7-3 to three win right. over South Dakota State. And you go, all right, birds of a feather, I'll see you Black Friday, oh, Iowa. Got a heck of a game brewing, don't we, in a couple of months. <laughs> and your final score, 11-8. to eight. I I wanted five to three so bad. I was oh, so yeah. disappointed that that I really was rooting for. The five last to three. time we had a five to three game, Iowa was one of those teams. I mean, that's a, that's Iowa. Come on, we uh, you know you got to own it now. You're the five to three team. Ugh. You know, so well, uh, we'll see. Again, we I think we were. I know I was, um, and I had some people text and and, uh, and privately saying, hey. Thanks for what you said on Frost last week. And I don't know if it's because maybe I'm outside of it and people inside of it can't say as much as they would like to. I'm not entirely sure. But it seemed like it was well-received that, hey, there's some big – and, again, this isn't like breaking news about the issues going on at Nebraska. But I thought you and I you know, had a very good yes. uh, conversation about it last week, about things that are happening. And I'm not sure that there's any much more to say after a game against North Dakota. Like we said, there's nothing – between uh, Northwestern and Oklahoma that is going to clarify anything, really, at this point. Right. I mean, it, it, is, uh, it, it is pretty amazing to really say out loud. I, I, was thinking about, I was thinking about, like, of all the things that have shocked me with how this Frost era has gone, other than just the fact that it hasn't gone well. I don't, the two most shocking things are that the offense has been a big issue. But then the other shocking thing is that like, say it out loud. Scott Frost got booed on Saturday. He, He's come full circle, hasn't he? It, it, right? Like, he got booed. It is, it is amazing to me the amount of equity that Frost showed up with, the amount of confidence that everybody had in him on his arrival, and it really feels like just – I mean, there's always these inexact – you, there's no, there's not official polling on this, or you. It truly feels like I'm not so sure that if you truly polled Husker Nation, how many of you believe, how many of you don't believe, it's as close to fifty-fifty, or maybe even more in the camp that don't believe, and that yeah. is remarkable to say out loud. And so I thought. I, the more I think about I don't know. I know you were kind of hinting at this last week. I don't know if I fully buy into the notion that Frost has to beat Oklahoma to save his job. But I do think Frost has officially hit a point where he, he needs a moment, he needs a game to get people to buy back into him. People, He has lost the benefit of the doubt, and, and you got to earn that back in some way, shape, or form. And the reality is the only game that that can happen is the Oklahoma game. So that, I mean, it's just amazing to think that that dude got booed, and it just feels like a lot of people have officially feel like they're a little bit out on this guy. 
I mean, four straight losing seasons, they'll do that, won't it? Like, yeah. even the greatest fans uh, here through these gates walk the greatest fans in college football. Scott Frost said at the news conference after the North Dakota game, they're also very smart fans. Yeah. And they understand what good football is and what smart football is, and they haven't seen it. And so the team, the fans that used to clap for the opposing team are now booing their own team. And that's been happening periodically over the last 10 years. And that's because it's been a long time since they've won anything substantial. So it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal, you, I but, mean, you, um, and I are, you and I are huge Dirk Chatlin fans. And yeah, yeah he's okay. <laughs> yeah. By, by huge fans, I mean, like, he's okay. Hey. But right. Dirk, Dirk has a way of being able to capture moments and provide perspective. Like, I go to Dirk for, like, the big moments. And, like, and it does feel like this is a big moment, right? And I thought his, his column, albeit after a North Dakota game, like, you don't think you're coming with, like, you know, just an incredible column. But I thought his column really hit the nail on the head where the, the biggest things working against Scott Frost right now are time – track record and the eye test and it's weird how there's these two dueling schools of thoughts like you can tell and it makes sense on the surface that Scott Frost wants to start over he wants everybody to view this through a lens of not year five but almost kind of like hey guys we 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 hired five new coaches we got a brand new team this, we've kind of started over, so you guys need to maybe adjust your lens on how you're viewing this thing right now rather than it viewing it like year five, here we go, ramp up. It's more of a we're starting over. And the fans and maybe even Trev just aren't trying to hear that, and he can't sell that because of the track record, the eye test, those kinds of things. I just thought Dirk's column really summarized the moment perfectly to me. Last week I used the word trust. Uh, about Trev and Frost, and Dirk used the word trust about the fans and and Frost. Yes. About, you just can't trust him based on what you've seen, right? Your eyes don't lie. Sometimes you just trust what you believe, not what you're being told. Uh, and I think that goes even beyond sports in this day and age. Like, just trust your eyes on certain things and, and don't always lean on others. And I think that's what you're seeing here. And so, yeah, going back to the Oklahoma thing, I stand by it that it's a – if, if Scott Frost truly wants to start over, beat Oklahoma. Yeah. I, I, I'm, you know, I, don't, I know I'm kind of like – I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I know what you're I'm, saying, I'm, though. You know what I know I'm saying, what you're saying like, I don't, I don't necessarily lose, think – he's not like, going to get fired. Yeah, like, I don't, I'm not saying if he loses to yes. Oklahoma, it's over. But what I am saying is if you're looking at percentages, like the you bust out the ESPN FPI yeah. of percent chance that you keep your job, it goes a lot higher if you beat Oklahoma – it goes lower if you don't. I mean, it, right. And, and you, and you I know think what? You might end up winning seven games, even if you beat Oklahoma, or you might even end up winning six games if you beat Oklahoma. But it's just a moment that everybody can rally around and get behind Frost again. And they just, he needs that so bad right now. Plus, you know what that would be? That would be likely three straight wins for the first time. Right, right. There would be a signal of something, not just beating Oklahoma, but getting the ball rolling a little bit. He hasn't been able to get it rolling here's, at Nebraska. Here's the thing, and, and listen, you guys can laugh at me all you want because of the record of last year. I'm, I, I thought, all, even though they were 3-9, and nine, I thought that that was actually a pretty good football team last year. I really did. I really did. Through two games – 
I think this team has taken a substantial step back. A substantial step back. And but here's the huge what if or the question, if you will. Have they taken a step back because they're going through growing pains because of all the new and it's and like do you see shreds of a good team and by uh, all of a sudden, here comes the end of September, here comes October, and now they're putting it together and they are a good team at the end of the year. Or is there just no ingredients for a good team? Does that make sense? Like, I, Because I'm so far through two games, when, when I look at, in particular, the defense, I just don't see the ingredients for a defense that is going to have any success in the Big Ten. I just don't. You're going to see it pretty quickly whether or not they get pushed around in the line of scrimmage. You're going to see it maybe at Oklahoma. You might even see it at Rutgers. You might see it with Indiana. Yes. But you're definitely going to see it with Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa. Like, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and it's not going to be foggy. It's not going to be a lot of gray area there. Schick, think about it. Because the Big Ten is a line of scrimmage league. Yes. And the biggest questions surrounding Nebraska are the lines of scrimmage. Yes. I mean, think they – Nebraska potentially now Georgia Southern would be here, but like Nebraska potentially just played the maybe the two worst teams on their schedule. Now you'd put you two of the three. You'd think Northwestern Northwestern's better than Georgia Southern, but the defense at this point they've given up through two games two hundred and fourteen yards rushing to Northwestern, one hundred and seventy five yards rushing to North Dakota. So a hundred they're giving up one hundred and ninety four yards a game rushing to two teams that might not be very good. And then how about the, the other thing, the time of possession, the time of possession through two games, the opponents have had the ball for 70 minutes and 15 seconds. Nebraska's offense has had the ball for 49 minutes and five seconds. Again, like these things all work in to, it, it, together. Like you start playing – these teams that are, are better versions of this, that want to run it down your throat, want to control the clock, control the ball, if you get your ass kicked in those areas against North Dakota, what is going to happen when you play Minnesota? What is going to happen when you play even Illinois? Like, what is going to happen? Like you said, maybe it's like my buddy Anthony Heron said after the Northwestern game, which is, you know, they look worse, yet they weren't making a ton of mistakes. And there's a lot of new pieces. So maybe this team gets better. But the problem is you don't have a lot of time to figure it out. And if Scott Frost had to do it over, you know, yeah, you get out of the Oklahoma game this year too. You know, and you just try and build some non-con games that you can win and move on up and and try and get to a bowl game. But you're going to get exposed in the Big Ten if things don't get better. No, You take out a couple of long runs – Ain't nothing this offense is doing on the ground. Now, it's taking a lot away from Anthony Grant. He's played really well, and he's everything I think you hoped he would be if you're a Nebraska fan. But how sustainable is this? You know, he's not Muhammad Ibrahim. No. You know, and even Ibrahim got hurt. Like, you're going to pound him 25 times a game? He's not even – he's not Braylon Allen. Not even close. You know what I mean? He's not one of those guys. And and to your point, like, okay, it's one thing, and this is not to take away. I thought Anthony Grant looked awesome. I mean, yeah, he's great. awesome. He's really good. On Saturday. He's really good. I mean, he's clearly to me the best running back since Amir Abdullah. But okay, 
you're turning nothing into something against North Dakota. And if there's nothing there against North Dakota, there's going to be zero there against Oklahoma and against these Big Ten teams. And you're able to kind of bounce different things outside and run away from from uh, you know, from North Dakota. Are you going to be able to do that against better competition? I don't know. I mean, what's what's great? I'm confident in like I think Casey Thompson's good enough to win. I think Trey Palmer's a good enough wide receiver to make plays, and I think Anthony Grant's a good enough running back to 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 make some noise, but everything else, boy, am I a little, I am, I'm more than a little nervous. Everybody's a little nervous. Everybody's a little nervous, right, Pete? You know how to hold a bat? You hold a bat by its wings. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good line. He didn't get it. He didn't get it. Everybody's a little nervous. (laughs) Yes, they are. All right, quick time out to tell you about a brand new sponsor of the Chicken Nick podcast that we're excited about. Peerless Energy Systems. They're the leading American manufacturer of air compressors. And here's the thing, Chick. You may hear the name Peerless. And you may go, okay, I've, when you hear Peerless, what do you think of? What's the first thing you think of? The first thing I think of is former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Peerless Price. Boom. Who was one of the better receivers we have had. I think it goes Andre Reid. <laughs> James Lofton, Peerless, Peerless Price, Price okay? baby. That's who I think about. Well, here's the thing. How about this little anecdote? The owner of Peerless Energy Systems, Ed McMorrow, was watching the 1998 Orange Bowl, Nebraska, Tennessee. And before right. he was a Buffalo Bill, Peerless Price was a Tennessee volunteer. That's Peerless correct. Price was interviewed on the sidelines, was asked what his name meant. And he said it means, quote, without equal. That motto stuck with Ed, and when the company was launched in 1999, just one year later, he wanted to create a company that was without equal in the industry. So, boom, Peerless Energy Systems was born. That's really, really cool. That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. Peerless Energy Systems, established back in 1999. They are the Solaire authorized distributor for Nebraska and Iowa. Solaire is the leading American manufacturer of air compressors. They're located in Michigan City, Indiana, the Chicagoland. They go to market via local distributors and make some of the best air compressors and ancillary compressed air equipment in the industry. So Peerless Energy Systems, their core values, reliable, dedicated, and responsive. Let me tell you something. One of the men responsible for and involved in Peerless Energy Systems, our buddy Josh. That's right. So we would say, Josh, remember, he and his son quoted the show at the Bar Mitzvah. He was at the live show. We always say, support those who support us. Josh is supporting the show. He's been an avid listener for years, he and his family. So support Peerless Energy Systems. Josh, I would say Peerless has the core values. I would say Josh has those too. He's reliable, he's dedicated, and he's responsive to the Schick and Dick show. But with, with Peerless... Here's what you get with those three core values. They're locally owned and operated. They have certified compressed air auditors on staff. They have a large local dedicated rental department and 24-hour emergency response for service parts and rental equipment. It's what you get with Peerless Energy Systems. Target markets include manufacturing market, food processing, utilities, transportation, refineries, and even light industrial like body shops, car dealers, automotive, countertop makers, etc. So, Peerless Energy Systems, for more information, Go to peerlessenergy.com. Support those who support us. Peerless Energy, proud sponsor of the Chicken Nick Show. I would like to. Um, we got. What do you I got? I would like to get to the. Uh, I got to get to the polls here. Okay. By the way, Matt Cotney followed the show uh, this week. Oh, so boy. thank you, Matt. You know, be careful. Matt, Matt what did you think when you pulled the trigger to follow the show? Uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. 
<laughs> Sorry. We did wish people a happy JJ Davis Day. Yeah. That's all who celebrate on that Sunday. October 4th. September 4th. So stupid. It's 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 not though. I mean it is just It's it's stupid and it's great. It'll never for the rest until my dying day, October 4th and September 4th were always just stick with me, you know? Oh, Sean Mathis got a sack and you retweeted it. Mathis got sacks. Yes. And then people were correcting yeah. you. It's Mathis got sack. He only has one. Right. Right. Oh, Huskers. Yeah. Huskers. Yeah. Defense got a good pass rush. Yeah. Yo, rush it. Rush it. Rush it. Rush it. Rush that quarterback. Mathis got sacks. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, I yeah, had yeah. been told, and again, this is not gospel. You can't take this. You have to take this very uh, loosely. But I had heard that the groundwork had been laid to try and get the hook of that played at Memorial Stadium. Shut your mouth. Now, it didn't happen this week. Maybe it'll happen if they get the ball rolling, or maybe they just put it and said, you know what, we're not doing it. But could you imagine? No. And I'm not, I'm not you know, BSing you here. Like, I had heard that there was a chance that the hook would be played if he got a set. Memphis got set. And then, oh, I gotta and, so I don't know if it's going to happen. Needed a I bigger moment. Li- I would like it to happen, and I hope for those involved with Nebraska sports that you would do that because I think people would have fun. And it's the great Easter egg because those who've heard it would love it. Those who haven't would be like, I don't know what that was, but I like the beat. You Memphis know, got sex. You know, they would just be like, oh yeah, Sir Mixlaw. Okay, cool. I mean, that's great. Yeah, yeah. you know, that's what it is. So if that were to happen. What would be like? Would you just retire? I would don't know how I don't retire. Grab, I, go to the clubhouse, grab something to eat. What would be your plan? <laughs> Are you gonna now go in to get something to eat? Go to the range? What's your plan? I'd get a club sandwich, get in my robe, and I would just retire in the clubhouse. I, I, how do I? I totally. It's it's literally only downhill from there. That is, it's. I have to hang it up. You know. I, I do. I, the only thing I would maybe want is that at the next commercial break, like fans may w- direct your attention to the south end zone, <laughs> make some noise for the MC rapper behind Mathis Got Sacks, Nick Baugh. Mathis Got Sacks. <laughs> I go to the camera, I do the classic. Throw the bones, you know, and wave to everybody. Or you're the in-house DJ, but you only play that song, and you're just sitting there waiting for it to happen. And then they cut to you. And <laughs> Mathis got sacked. <laughs> I need it to happen. He was there every home game. How many sacks did he have? Uh, two. Just two. Played it twice. Best two moments of the season. That's it. And the other and if thing. Had, then if he has a child, Mathis had sex. Mathis got sex. He joins the band. Mathis plays the sax. Mathis got sax. <laughs> Comes out of the grocery store. Mathis got sax. Mathis got sax. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Starts playing a new foot game. Mathis got hacky sax. <laughs> Mathis got sax. 
He tries to take on Jansport in the apparel industry for back to school. Mathis backpacks. Mathis got sacked. Here's, you know what's sad, though? So, I mean, someone tweeted that the, the chicken it curse lives on. I mean, Mathis has not. Mathis does that have one true. sack. It's all true. But there was a little controversy on who was actually calling plays in the second half of. That's true. That's so I don't true. know if even my either of. I mean, I made two songs, not one, two. I had two chances to get something right, and I'm not sure if I got either of them right. The fact that Scott Frost did not want to address whether or not he was calling the plays in the second half, which leads you to believe it was a co-op. Uh, we played in the beginning, Frost saying it's bad. We got to get this figured out. When your job's in jeopardy, you're going to take control of your career. And, of course, he was helping call plays in the second oh, half. Yes. It was Scott and Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Needless to say, Frost did not like that song. Frost did not like that. It's pretty clear. Because even again, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, he did not, ha- in the second half, in the first half, he didn't have a play sheet. Second half, he had a play sheet. Uh, even even every, every single press conference, there's been some sort of question about him and Whipple, and he keeps on hammering this line of, the more we can cooperate, the better right. we'll be. And it's like, okay... Are you are you saying at this point I have to believe you are saying that because you feel like there maybe isn't enough cooperation? Are you trying to speak this into existence? You know, like cooperation I, would not be I need to listen to him more. Right. That's not the co- that's not cooperation. He li- needs to listen to me. Yes. More. So and and here's the thing. I think it's it's this is one of those topics where yeah it's juicy it's fun does it really matter I mean who really who really cared who called the play action pass to Nate Borkacher for the touchdown and the first like who cares in all reality as long as they're as long as Whipple's comfortable and and feels respected and he's not micromanaged or he's or he's not being trusted and all those things like there's always going to be some cal- uh, you know some I mean, if, when we got in the John Wilkes and recorded that, we were helping each other out with lines left and right, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they all worked. That's ah, true. <laughs> I mean, if Bo Pelini is the head coach and he's not calling the plays and the defense is doing terrible, you think he's going to grab the yeah. grab the play sheet? You, I mean, just say Maybe that. He, he ran, Frost ran off the field at halftime, tied at seven against North Dakota, got booed. He knows he's on the hot seat. You don't think that he went into halftime and said, if I'm going down, I'm Whipple's not calling plays. Whipple not calling plays. Whipple calling plays. Whipple calling plays. (laughs) Okay, all right. Crikey. Um, Uh, I can't believe you're teasing me with this. If if Mathis got sacks gets played. Look, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I think it would be great to celebrate. Um, I... (sighs) I will say when I was a student at Colorado, there you back. Sorry for going to school. <laughs> when I was a student at Colorado, my freshman year, I remember this. I don't remember many of the plays. I don't remember many of the plays. <laughs> Colin plays. <laughs> Colin plays. Okay. But I do. Re- I do. Remember- so stupid. I do remember though. Remember. You remember. That- 
Rashawn Salam. No, not Rashawn Salam. There was a player named Vili Mau Mau was his last name, and he would get a sack. And the announcer would go, and a sack by Vili Mau Mau. And then they'd, they'd play, and I thought that was hysterical. Oh, it was yes. great. And I remember that. And people remember that. I, that's the only reason I remember that player. So imagine Mathis gets the sack, and it's Mathis got sack. Now, the Mau Mau song is a real song. Right, right. Your, your well, how dare you, first of all, very not, specific. Yeah. Right. What makes it real? Like it's on the radio and it's by a real artist? Is that real to you? I mean, come on. Is that real? Are you saying what I did not do is real? That's what are you correct. trying to say to me at this point? It was not not real. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, uh, I know I, I felt like in the heyday of Doug McDermott, a popular song was Teach Me How to Dougie. Yeah, they they would play a little teach me how to Dougie at the Creighton games. I don't think there's anything Did they? wrong. Yeah, a little bit. Not as much as I would have personally liked. I wanted more Dougie. Bigshock.com. You but- sure it wasn't? Was it Greg McDermott or Doug McDermott? The song that you sang? I am very proud to introduce to you today the 16th head men's basketball coach in the history of Creighton basketball. Coach Doug McDermott. <laughs> You know, to this day, people still, I would say one out of every three to four broadcasts to this day for Creighton basketball, whoever's doing play-by-play, you know, at the start of the game, like, all right, we're going to come out, we're going to jump ball, first dead ball, we'll ID both coaches. You'd be like, there's uh, head coach Doug McDermott in his 13th season. It, It still happens. Oh, gosh. It's not good, but Rass set the tone there. We were there at that news conference. We were. Coach Doug, and he, and he mumbled it. Yeah. Creighton basketball, Coach Doug McDermott. Yeah. <laughs> you, by the way, I got invited to Upstream with the McDermott's. Did I kick you to the curb? Goodness gracious. I think I that kicked day? you to the curb. Oh, yes. that day? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in the, we were in the group afterwards, and I'm standing with you. We had just done a live show, pumped up, and then Greg starts talking to you, and I'm clearly the eighth wheel on this four-wheel sedan. And I looked at you, and I was like, like hey, he's like, hey, you should come out with us. And Greg didn't look at me, and you didn't look at me. And I'm like, I'll see me out, okay? I'll see me. Out. I looked at you. It was kind of like you know Bizarro World, where Elaine has a choice to go to the coffee shop with George Kramer and Jerry, or Bizarro George Kramer and Jerry. I, that was me. I could have gone with you, or I could have gone with the with the with the McDermotts. Hundred percent. Had to go with the McDermotts. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully Mathis got sex. Barking. Yeah, how dare you, Doug? Hey, be quiet, Obi. Hey. <laughs> he looks at me, gave me the finger. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, so those – see how this show gets sidetracked so easily. Shall we go to the polls? Yes, and, uh, wrap up? I, de- I derailed it, I think. What do you got? Totally fine. Totally what do you fine. got, Doug? These are from, uh, from last week. Oh, someone did tweet out, BT dubs, as you like to yeah. say, a picture of a car with Ya 644 on it. I mean – I saw it's that. It's a Honda CRVEX, a 2014, and you can go online and find who's got what license plates. It says YAH644. That's got to be a new license plate. Has to be, right? That's Has too to much of a coincidence, show. right? Or Has is it a coincidence? Can't be a coincidence. Can't be. I mean, that's a poor, Has to that's be. Chances of that, Has one in a million. 
has to be has to be legitimate. All right, here are your polls. Quick time out here from the Chicken Nick podcast to tell you about Go Currency. Does your business need easy, competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact, customers can get loans for up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. All you got to do, just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing, LLC, DBA Currency, pursuant to CFL license. Now, I I will preface this by saying I heard this when you said it, but didn't understand how big it was until I listened to it again, until I tweeted this out, until people tweeted at us about it. Your poll question, are 13-year-olds having seven Coors Lights playing Madden in their basement? 56% said yes. (laughs) I'm doing a Surrender Cobra. People can't see it. You can see me on the Zoom. I'm doing a Surrender Cobra because I got nothing, man. Could you just kind of walk us through the story or the picture you were trying to paint? I think uh, last week when you said this, the plan was to do an onside kick. That strikes me as the plan that you have after seven Coors Lights playing Madden in your basement when you're 13 years old, not making $5 million a year at one of the most winningest college football programs in the history of the sport. Okay. Um, did you mean to do the 13-year-old Coors Light thing? You guys were at 13. You were having seven Coors Lights in your basement. Was that not what I mean, most 13 It does explain a lot. Yeah, it does I, explain. So. I think I got caught in my head. Listen, by now, if you haven't figured out, me no smart. Me stupid. <laughs> if you think me talk smart things, you not listen to me. <laughs> I think I got kind of between. Am I trying to say it's the kind of decision that a drunk person makes, or is it the kind of decision that a, a little child makes as they're playing a video game? And I merged the two and made a Nick misspeak casserole, and I apologize. That's totally fine. I thought it was great. <laughs> yeah. I, thought it was just, I was like, yeah, you're right. He did say that, didn't he? I, you know, and what's funny is when the tweets started rolling in, I was like, whoopsies. I, whoops, my bad. Whoops, my bad. I combined two different thoughts there. <laughs> Would you listen to Bo Pelini host Big Red Bover Reaction? I voted yes. 94% said yes. I voted yes. Was the onside kick a bad call or poor execution? 90% said bad call. Okay. Who does a better job with the awkward live sales reads during Husker football radio broadcasts? Greg Sharp or Matt Coatney? 51% said Greg Sharp. You know what? I love me some Matt Coatney, but I got to give it up to the to the to the OG, the original gangster of of the slamming in a Fairbury hot dog read or a Skeeter Barnes book naked barbecue sauce so good you don't need sauce. <laughs> 
Would you be more willing to accept more Husker losses if it means more awkward sales reads by Greg Sharp and Matt Houtney? Fifty-two percent said no. That's unfortunate. What best describes your feeling about Nebraska football? Matt Coatney's ugh or Greg Sharp? I'm fed up. Sixty-two percent said Greg Sharp. I'm fed up. All right, here we go. These are two of my favorite ones. Was Matt Coatney? <laughs> what did you? Why do? are we asking? <laughs> I don't know. Was Matt Coatney too upbeat during his Fairberry hot dog read? <laughs> Let's listen together, shall we? Period. I mean, it has nothing to do with scheme. I mean, that's, I think the scheme is fine. I mean, it, we had missed tackles because we had guys there. We just got to make the tackles. Nothing goes better with Husker sports than Fairberry. <laughs> Coatney did tweet. At the show, he thought it was hilarious. Okay, that's good. Favorite. Oh, man, um, that's so good. Great. You know what? I respect a true professional. <laughs> you know how to play. To, you know, you got to ride the emotion. But then when it comes time to pay the bills for the sponsors, you do what you got to do. You know? The, the notion that they just lost to Northwestern and we're plowing through an upbeat fair. Nothing <laughs> goes better well, with Husker sports than Fairberry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what makes it even better is you have one of the best linebackers in school oh, history, gosh. a former black shirt, making a like a a, a good a, a strong passionate point. And you know Matt, I know Matt in his head is like, oh God, he's making a good point. He's passionate. Now I gotta do a Fairberry read. <laughs> All right, nothing goes. <laughs> nothing. Matt Coney did tweet at. I was wondering how long the football season would take before you'd stop talking about Travis Aliska and Uncle Joe Scanlon and rediscover me. One game. Bravo. I'm still dying laughing. Hashtag dramatic pause. Hashtag Fairbury. That's from Matt Coatney. So good. By the way, the uh, winner of that uh, question, was he too upbeat? 60% said no. I said he was no. not too upbeat. Yeah, I, 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 respect, I respect how Matt did it. I respect it. Is there a such thing as getting too crunk while reading an advertisement about Fairberry hot dogs? Oh, no. 76% said no. Yeah, come on. They're great we hot brought, dogs. We brought Billy Seaback last week. How would you grade Schick's Bill Callahan impression? 64% said A, 26% said B. Wow, okay. Only, only I mean, 10% said C or D. Well, so I first of all, I mean, in some ways, I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I, I don't know how anybody didn't give it an A. Do you want more Bill Callahan on the podcast? 85% said yes. That's a lot of Bill. You got a lot. You need to go take a walk and think about things here. Gosh. Now that outside kick's a good football play. You know, it's a good football play. Not I I wouldn't have done it if I were the head football coach. But it's a good football play, you know. You know, winning at Nebraska's not easy to do. You know, as indicated, as indicative by what Scott Frost is happening right now. You know, he's, he's on the hot seat. You know, the burning seat. You know, the red hot seat. <laughs> Pretty soon, he's going to be driving away in an Escalade like yours truly. <laughs> oh. um, now, hold real quick. So, it was Bill in New York. That was the that was the running thing on Unsportsmanlike Conduct. How long? Because there was, I remember at the, the big talk in Omaha was like, hey, man. I heard something. What'd you hear? Heard that Matt Schick guy's Bill in New York. No way, man. <laughs> like, there was a lot of rumors going around. Who well, is this Bill in New York? How long did I mean, did you keep it on the DL for a long time? I tried to. It was Bill in Lincoln. Or Bill in Lincoln. When it started. And then it turned into Bill in New York when he went with, yeah. with the Jets. 
but um, I remember Michael Severe. I think I did the impression for him, and he liked it, and so he encouraged Kevin to have me, or he told me to call up one day, so I did as villain Lincoln. And then afterwards, Kevin's like, all right, that was pretty good. And then from that day on, it was a weekly segment of like 10 minutes. And I'd like prepare material. I would like it was like the one thing like, oh, I got Bill and Lincoln tomorrow. I got to prepare. So Wednesday night, maybe I'd write a couple things up, maybe a couple of hooks or lines I'd want to do. And I remember we went through the when he got fired or when he was about to get fired it was the stages of grief. Yep. And it was denial. It was acceptance, you know, bargaining. All the, And we went through it like seven weeks of that. And then it turned into Bill in New York. And it's it, it actually started as uh, Foreign Callahan, I think, is what Severe oh, did. And yes. maybe he can and you remember have those, that. Like liners. Yeah. Be like, yeah. hey, it's. This is German Callahan. Ick my Berliner. Husker yeah, yeah. fan or yes, whatever. Yes. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, bust out the beige Husker fan where other things. And so it was just different, <laughs> different That's Husker so reads That's that so they had good. me do. I remember sitting in a studio with Severe and camering through 20 different countries of and foreign those Callahan's. were hilarious so, i was always was those fun. were though i loved the little those little short sweet it's, it's, it's mexican <laughs> callahan and be like you know be like, it's great it was so good so it, it's been going on it went on for a long time and then uh bishop and uh peterson would have bill on occasionally right um so uh, but not as much anymore bill callahan's a, a distant memory now but it was isn't one it, of the, isn't it amazing how much he's not really he was the poster child for like you know what everything you know where it went all went wrong man at bill callahan man like now you don't he doesn't really right he he is he doesn't get brought up a ton he doesn't he, he got criticized for wearing beige at a news conference right, right? gosh yeah bust out the beige, the beige. but um i remember one of the great things Sometimes I would tape that. I'd say, hey, I can't do it today live, so I'm going to have to tape it. And then I'd get in the car, and I'd be in the car while it's being played, like driving around. And so I got to listen. And I remember pulling up to a stoplight, turning to my right, and I could tell the guy to my right was <laughs> listening and laughing. And I'm like, okay, this is, this is fun. Because you, you don't get that in radio. No. I don't get to see right. people enjoy it. So the, it worst, the worst thing I did along those lines was when I was doing my solo show, Joel. Say no more. Yeah, yeah. The, from for for years, I did a solo show. It's bad. It had no rhythm. It's bad. We have no rhythm. Ah, you, the I, I feel like it was on YouTube at some point, but I don't think it is. Uh, I did an entire interview in July where you're just filling time. Uh, Interviewing the fake Chris Broussard. Yeah, I remember that. So I did a whole thing where I would be like, now, now, Chris, what are you hearing with what the Knicks want to do in free agency? And then I would pause, and then I would do the answer, and it would, oh. But you didn't do it through a phone, so it was two studio people. Yes, like he was in- and so I didn't think, like, those are the kind of details <laughs> you would think of. You know what I mean? Because I have an idiot like, well, let's go to the phones now. We got uh, on the line Chris Broussard. And then it would sound exa- like he was in studio. <laughs> well, I really went the extra mile, you know? Hey, you know what? We need each other, okay? Yeah, this is, you complete me. This is good. Right. This is good. Yeah. I want to make this announcement, too. This was announced on Twitter. We told you at the live show the beanery was going to bust out with some new drinks. Yeah. And a new drink named after the show. And I said, hey, threw it out to Twitter. Guess what it is? Because I knew what it was going to be. Uh, Paul had emailed me. The name of the new Chicken Nick drink for September is 
Jacob wins. <laughs> Jacob wins. <laughs> Jacob wins is a latte with white chocolate and hazelnut and brown sugar cinnamon. And I believe he's in their Papillion uh, office there. Can in, you believe it? Can you believe it that that people are going to have to go order? Like, yeah, I'll take a Jacob wins. <laughs> sure, I'll lose. Give me the Jacob wins. Jacob wins. You think Jacob's going to that to get the Jacob wins? Yeah. Okay, okay thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jacob. That's great, though. I mean, it's great. Sounds delicious to me. Brown sugar cinnamon. Me like it. So check that out. Uh, Tyler McKinney, you happy they don't have a drink named after you? I'm not happy about that. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick. Yeah. Chicken Nick Show. Yeah. Yes. Open open up a squib kick, kick it all over his chest. <laughs> <laughs> a Huda Media Production.